This is Single in the City with Laura Bellotta on Talk Radio AM 640. Hello and thanks for tuning in to Single in the City, the dating and relationship show on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. I'm also a date coach and matchmaker. On today's show, we are discussing infidelity. The most common cause of breakups in monogamous relationships, and it's only becoming more common as advances in social media technology make strain on your partner easier. In this episode, we'll be examining infidelity, first how to prevent it if possible, and how to repair the relationship and move on when it happens. We'll also touch on sexual addiction. My co-host today is the lovely Sandra Carusi, host of Inside Jokes on Talk Radio AM 640 and uh, the executive producer of this show. And our panel guests are David Fetter, a therapist in Toronto whose practice specializes in helping people recover from infidelity. He is also trained as a sex addictions therapist and hence has expertise in this area as well. And Carly a woman who found out that her husband was cheating on her for 16 years. Oh, she, <laughs> Sandra's sorry, like, oh. that's just like, oh, yeah. Uh, she found a way to move on from the hurt and she's here to give us some inspiration. Because she killed him or? No, oh, okay, and advice sorry. on, on how to do that. Okay, so welcome my guest today. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Uh, so I want to start with da- uh, David. Can you tell our listeners about your practice? So who do you treat and what is your focus? Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, I have a practice here in Toronto. My uh, specialty is helping people recover from infidelity. Uh, A lot of the work that I do is with couples uh, who are actually either in the throes of deciding whether to stay together um, or not. Um, Some people come in knowing what they want. Uh, Other people need to figure it out. Uh, Once, uh, you know, for those people who want to separate, uh, I'll also work with uh, with individuals as well. And Carly, uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, I was married for um, 25 years, and um, one day I got a um, mistaken text message that was sent to me that wasn't meant for me, and I uncovered that, um, you know, my husband had a... Um, an outside interest. Uh, so uh, from that, you know, I went through um, a state of shock. And, you know, I thought of this person at the time as like somebody that was very high on integrity. That's what I kind of prided him on. And so to... Throughout to, the 25 years? Yes. And wow. so to uncover this was <clears throat> like, wow. Uh, you know, like, I, I, I read the text and it was like, did I read that right? <laughs> you know. So you always had a hundred percent trust in him. A one hundred. So you had no clue, blindsided. No, no clue. Not one. Uh, not That's one. That's even worse. Not even one ounce of a clue. There was no, you know. And I feel, I, I feel like I'm a very intuitive, observant person that watches behaviors and things. Never, never a sign of it at all. And so, um, you know, I uncovered that, and, and and you know, in that state of shock, I think I went through. Uh, what do I do with this? H- how do I process this? Um, and, uh, and so, you know, from that, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of things kind of unfolded. Then he came back. He was away at the time. He came back and, um, you know, said, I'm, I'm fine if you need me to go. I'm fine. You know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't good. You know, I wasn't, um, uh, I wasn't good to you. You don't deserve me type of thing. And I had to make a decision what to do from there. But how did you find out he was cheating for 16 years? So after that, uh, when he came back, 
um, he got an, he got another text message that he deleted. And so I asked about the text message, and he said, well, I have to tell you something. He goes, uh, that person that I was with was not the first person I've been with. I've been living a double life for about 16 years. Ouch. Oh, my and so, Ouch. David, do you hear that a lot? Uh, Similar I, situation, yeah, situations? Yeah, I do. And actually, there's a gentleman that I'm, that I'm working with right now who um, has been unfaithful for uh, 12 and a half years. So they, should they admit it to their spouse that they have been... I heard like sometimes you shouldn't just not say anything. In what circumstances would that be? Well, <laughs> like and get out of Dodge. Like if you're having an affair, don't say, don't hurt the person, just leave. Oh, just leave. Yeah. No. Well, I think that, you know, to answer your question, if, um, if, if, if a couple wants to stay together, then there needs to be yes, you know, yes. disclosure and uh, people need to own what they've done. Mm. Um, you know, there, are, there is a, you know, varying opinions with regards to you know full disclosure and whether it should always be full disclosure, but in my in my view, if you're going to rebuild a relationship, um, you should be rebuilding a relationship based on honesty, transparency, ownership, and uh, and rebuild the trust. Totally, totally agree, uh, David. Can you tell us a little bit about your perspective on infidelity? Uh, you know, the reason I went into uh, or developed the. Uh, my practice in this regard um, and made this the focus of my practice is because I felt that um, there were a lot of people, certainly in my generation, who were raised to believe that when somebody is unfaithful, it's time to get a really good lawyer and uh, get the best settlements you can and leave. But the, the uh, you know, what I've realized is that that's not the only option. I and agree. People can recover from infidelity. And when you consider the you know, the fact that there are children involved, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're another factor that we shouldn't forget. And, you know, separation is, is not always the best best option. So my view is that infidelity is is typically uh, an inappropriate solution uh, to, a, a, you know, a temporary solution to a, to a problem that can be fixed. And how prevalent is it right now? Um, difficult to, to say because people who are being unfaithful are not necessarily going to answer honestly to a, uh, to that question, you know, if you're doing a, a census of, of sorts. But, you know, it ranges from anywhere from about 20% to 40%. Yeah, because I, I seem to see a lot of it. I see people either want to cheat, have been cheated on, or, you know, uh, it's just, what do you think, Sandra? Oh, it's prevalent because as a single woman, I got the married dudes hitting on me thinking I'm good pickings because I'm single. And um, we talked about it on another show yeah, too. There's so many of them out yes. there online dating too. Well, Ashley Madison, I was I watched the Netflix had a, a big special. Oh, Dave's eyes just lit up on that one. You got to <laughs> tell us on your Ashley Madison, of course, the website for married people to have affairs with other married people. That's something we could talk about after because uh, that that show on Netflix when they talked about it, uh, yeah, lots there. All right, advice, insights on infidelity. This is Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll be right back. Now, back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to Talk Radio AM 640. We are discussing infidelity with Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, David Fetter, a therapist specializing in helping people recover from infidelity, and Carly, a victim of infidelity. So, so David, great. I know we were talking about Ashley Madison before. we. I, mm-hmm. I, I really hate plugging those people because I think that they're 
nasty and what they stand for and everything. But I think that anybody out there needs to be aware of of married people on any dating sites. They can be on any site. And so if someone is hiding their profile, that might be a good indication. Well, Carly, how did um, your ex there find his mistress? Facebook. Wow. Did they know each other before? Yeah, they they did. They were um, high school, kind of uh, had crushes on each other. So high school crush from way back when. And then they reconnected on Facebook. And, you know, one conversation led to another, to coffee, to, you know, that's kind of how that unfolded. Wow. So, And um, she was a little bit nuts, right? Yes, because uh, she she basically, you know, blew up my phone and told me that she wanted him and she was going to do oh, whatever she like, yeah. She was going to do anything yeah, to ladies, have him because I didn't yeah, deserve Ladies, him. you know, if you're having an affair with someone's husband, have some respect. You know, back down as opposed to telling the, the lady that, you know, you want her husband and that you're going to have him. That's so rude. Okay, so David, in your opinion, are people meant to be monogamous? Because, I mean, they say that 3 to 5% of mammals are socially monogamous. So why does that, you know, why are we any different? Like, are we torturing ourselves as human beings? <laughs> well, why are we any different from what? The mammals. I don't, I don't really believe that we're meant to be monogamous. Okay. You know, I think that if we were monogamous, we wouldn't have um, infidelity occurring at the rate that we have it. You know, I think that marriage and, you know, monogamy, which is a part of, uh, you know, marriage as we know it today, is a construct that man created. Uh, Years ago, it was a financial agreement, then it became a love agreement, Um, you know, where it was, you know, back in the day, we get married basically to have children and to make money you know, production. Uh, then it was changed to one that involved the heart, more more love, and that's why infidelity today is so painful um, because, you know, what what really impacts people, uh, you know, the, the hurt the hurt partner is uh, basically that they, they, they lost their identity, you know, because they used to be, at least they believed, the, the chosen, the ideal, the person that, they are, that their spouse wanted to be with, but that all changed. So I, I don't think that, you know, we are meant to be monogamous, and I think the fact that we are living in a world right now or a society that is so entitled that we feel that if we mm. want something, we can just go get it. Well, uh, like what happened to Carly, that yeah. cuckoo. Yeah, you know, I would say that, you know, um, I've always kind of questioned monogamy, you know, even before this ever happened. Personally, like, is it really, um, is it really normal? Is it really normal human behavior to be monogamous? But I think that um, the pain that, that David talks about, I think that uh, for me, it really felt like somebody took a knife, like literally took Aww. a knife, and you could literally feel your heart turning and burning on the inside, you know? I felt that with a breakup. (laughs) You know, seriously. Same type of feeling. Yes. You just feel like, you know, like someone just is in there just squeezing the crap out of it, right? But but Dave, sorry, I got to ask both all you guys. It sounds like people, you're saying people are are not uh, monogamous because of the sex. So people are cheating just because of sex. I don't think that's why people cheat. Well, there's no. many reasons why people cheat. Yeah, yeah. Which right. is neglect, or they're feeling lonely, or yeah. they're not. We'll talk about well, that I, in another. Uh, if I could segment. just uh, yeah. maybe read a quote that I happened to bring yes, here. Yes, please. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, you know, one of the uh, most followed 
therapist and, and researchers right now, Esther Perel, uh, she said, men cheat because they need variety, they're bored, and they're afraid of intimacy. Women cheat because they're lonely, feel neglected, and are starving for intimacy. So I agree wow. with you. I mean, it's not just for, for sex. Yes. Uh, it's for many, many, many reasons. So women who have emotional affairs, do you think they're worse than physical affairs or the same? Or um, So women, what I'm saying, women meets a guy at work and they're buddies and she calls them for everything. And I've known a few of these. What do you feel about that? I think it's, it's a form of, uh, form of infidelity. You know, that people who are reaching out to other people and confiding and opening up to mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. is, is betrayal. So, you know. So then it, just texting <clears throat> someone, same thing. I'm sorry? So if you're just texting someone on the phone and you actually don't do the deed, uh, that's still a form of cheating, right? In, in my opinion, it's a form of betrayal. So, so sexting, um, same thing. For sure. Sexting for yeah. sure. Yeah. Even though you actually don't do the deed, right? But you still have that intention. But one thing we have to, I think, we have to be aware of, and that is, there isn't one definition of infidelity. And you know, to you could have six different couples, and you talk to six different couples, and you might have six def different definitions of infidelity. So for one couple, that might be okay. You know, for another couple, it it won't be. Oh. So let's take a look at social media. And um, I seem to think it's making cheating more common. And mm -hmm. what, what do you think? Uh, I, have a, I, I have a saying, and that is we live in a time right now where you can lie in bed next to your spouse and cheat. You know, you could go to bed with your iPad mm -hmm. and be texting or, se or sexting with someone else. Mm -hmm. And is your partner porn, wouldn't have any idea. Sorry, is porn cheating? Like dudes who spend a lot of time on porn and women. Well, you, you know, I think what happens is that it's energy being directed elsewhere. And I think it, if you have a problem with it, but I, I think if, if both. I told you I don't have a problem with it, Laura. I just like to look at it daily. <laughs> I think if both adults are into it, then it's okay, right? Um, That's what I would think. Again, again, it, it you have to look at the the individual couple and what the contract or agreement is between them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it is a problem when a person is spending the majority of their time looking at pornography in front of the computer. How do we get from social media to pornography? Oh, Sandra. Well, they're the same thing or like online, like, you know, it's cheating. Okay. No. So, um, so how can we avoid it? Like when, when we're using social media, how can we avoid wanting to uh, chat with that ex from 20 years ago and, you know, they start flirting with you and, you know, maybe you're not that happy in your marriage. How can we avoid uh, I them? Think, I think a lot has to do with working the relationship. You know, when you, when you think about, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, they have a saying, you know, you have to work the program. I think with couples, you know, especially if we're saying that monogamy is not normal or not the normal condition or state or people, then um, I believe that people need to work on their marriage and work on, on keeping the, the interest, the passion, the openness and the honesty alive. More with our guests after the break. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640.
You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. Right now we are discussing the topic of infidelity with Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes. David Fetter, a therapist specializing in helping people recover from infidelity. And Carly, a victim of infidelity. And David wants to, uh, wanted to say something just before the break. Yeah, we were, we were talking before the break about how to avoid infidelity. And, um, you know, the, the part that I wanted to... On social media. Well, yeah, but let's say in general. Okay. Uh, because, first of all, I don't know that you could, you know, there's any prescription that anybody could write that's going to mean we're going to avoid infidelity either on social media or in general. Um, and what I wanted to add was um, I saw a statistic that said 34% of people who are unfaithful are in happy marriages. So, you know, talking about well, how can we is avoid... Is that possible? Is what... You're not happy if you're cheating. Mm. And a story for well, me. But the, the, Come on. The, the, the study doesn't say that. The study says that you can be happy in your marriage, and still but cheat. still go outside the marriage. I had a family psychologist friend who said um, that cheating is actually a character trait, uh, like loyalty is, and that some people just can't help it. Well, I would say that in my situation, when I asked you know, my ex, okay, so what happened? Mm-hmm. And what prompted you to behave? Because you really sort of feel like, okay... Did I not do something? What, what was I? What was what piece was I missing here? And uh, and he said, you know, he said actually, he says you're an amazing wife. Like bar none, you're an amazing wife. He said, for me, it felt like cocaine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes, the high that I got from mm. that, it felt like cocaine. And getting away from it? Oh, I'm sorry. And getting away with it? Just yeah, the excitement. Of whatever that was for uh, him, the secret, the secret uh, messing so around. So it added flavor. Well, maybe he should have took up a hobby, <laughs> <laughs> or cocaine would have been better, dude. So let's look at some of the signs, David, that someone's cheating on you. Well, alone. They keep their phone in their car. Or their phone, uh, mm-hmm. the ringers off. I, I would say, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, would indicate is any any change. You know, any change in normal behavior. You know, you hear the typical ones, you know, like uh, starting to work out more, changing your wardrobe, uh, you know, just looking better, things of that nature. But I also think, you know, being more distant. Mm. Um, being away from the home. Carly, yeah. did your ex have the signs? Did he have these signs? Well, you know, I didn't pick up on any of them. Okay. But here is somebody who travels all the uh, time. Mm. So a lot of it happened in travel. Mm. Okay. And a lot of it happened under the influence of being at a bar and drinking. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, at, I'm out with work, I'm having a good time. And, you know, um, and that's just how that worked out. Uh, in this, but the last one was yeah, basically social media, Facebook, you know, innocent sort of reconnection that turned into, you know, are they choice. still together? No, because she went sort of cuckoo on him. Yeah. Uh, and I guess he just thought it was going to be a one-night thing, and that was it, and she <laughs> wanted more. And he was like, hey, hang on, you know. So, um, but, you know, mm. I had to um, I had to make a decision, and that decision was to forgive. Can, yeah. I, can I just say something about that point before we get too far away from it? You know, only 3% of people who cheat end up staying with the affair partner. And yes. of those, 75% of those relationships fail. 
Yes. Say it yes. again, Dave. Say yes. it again. We're going to post again. this. Yes. Amen. Only 3% of people who have affairs actually leave for the affair partner. And of those, 75% of, that, of those, those relationships fail. Yeah. Do you hear that, folks? Are we getting it now? No, because I have some friends. Listen, this hits home. And uh, I know a lot it's of a people on both topic. sides. Of it. It's a big topic. There are a lot of people suffering. That's mm-hmm. why we decided to do this show today. And they convince themselves, and particularly, uh, they convince themselves dude is going to leave the wife for them. And that's a big fat no. Yeah, it's not happening. That's exactly what happened here. Like, So what happened one night was she blew up my phone with every single text message that they ever exchanged and and i think that was in hope of that that would make me so angry that i'd be like i'm done but you stayed with him yeah initially yeah initially for how long uh because i really felt that there was a lot at stake right i'm with you by the way and dave said earlier can i just sorry as someone who's divorced and i'm hijacking the show i (laughs) wish the cheating was a problem in my marriage because i would have stuck that out and i say that to a lot of people who say, oh, you're divorced, I'm thinking of getting divorced. Don't even tell me it's about cheating, because I think that's... And that's where I was. I had to decide, okay, do I want to work this out? Yeah. Or do I want to leave now? And so I decided, okay, for me to work this out, I got to forgive. I got to get past this, right? So there was too much at stake, too many people at stake to just say, okay, throw the towel in, I'm gone. When I look beyond the cheating... This person's actually a decent human being. Made some choices that didn't work so well for me, but you know, he's not, he's always been a great partner, right? And so I looked at it as, okay, you know, stuff happens. Um, and how do I process this and how do I get past this if I choose to stay in this? Don't go away. When we come back, we'll be talking about sex addiction with our guests after the break on Talk Radio AM 640. Now, back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. Get expert advice and all the answers you need. You're tuned in to Single in the City on Talk Radio, AM 640. Joining me today is Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, David Fetter, a certified sex addictions therapist, and Carly. Okay, now I want to discuss something that hurts uh, a lot of partners in a way that no other addiction can, and that's sex addiction. Now, some would say it's a pretty weak excuse for having an affair. Well, let's ask David Fetter. What do you think, David? Is it an excuse, sex addiction? Or does, is it really happening? Is it something that people really suffer from? I think there's a lot of controversy. Um, as a matter of fact, I know there's a lot of controversy. It's uh, definitely in the news a lot. Um, but do I think it's an excuse? Absolutely not. You know, the people that I've seen who uh, are, you know, bona fide sex addicts are in a lot of pain, tremendous amount of pain. So, you know, I don't think it's any, you know, it's just, it's not wonderful to call yourself a sex addict and, you know, to call yourself a sex addict just to use it as an excuse for, you know, acting poorly, if you will, is, it doesn't make sense to me. I, 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 I believe that people who are sex addicts, first of all, it exists. And they're in a, a tremendous amount of pain. And what are some of the signs that someone might be a sex addict? Well, there's multiple ways of acting out. Um, you know, you might have multiple partners. Um, you might you might be unfaithful uh, through infidelity. 
you might be addicted to pornography. Uh, there's more of the, you know, BDSM. It's it's multiple. Explain many, BDSM. Well, it's when when violence and aggression is involved in the in the sexual act. Carly, was your husband a sex addict? I questioned that. I actually asked. I said, do you think you could be addicted? Because it's happened over a 16-year span, off and on. It wasn't there every day, obviously. But, um, And um, he said he was seeing a counselor at the time, and he they talked about that. And, and, and they it was decided that he is addicted to the feeling thrill. of the cocaine, the mm-hmm. thrill. Mm-hmm. He was a, the thrill seeker, I guess. Um, but he didn't feel that <clears throat> he was addicted because he had made a decision, okay, I'm done with it. But when, you know, I mean, I don't know what happened in in his situation and with the therapist, but uh, there are, you know, there's a, a, a questionnaire that is, is often used uh, just to give an idea, give a person an idea of whether or not they may be a sex addict. And that's a self-administered question. I, I uh, questionnaire. I, I could ask it. I could tell you what it is right now if go you'd ahead, like. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. So it's uh, <laughs> Sandra. <laughs> we're measuring basically three, uh, six variable, variables. One is preoccupation. So the question is, do you find yourself preoccupied with sexual thoughts? Check. <laughs> <laughs> Are you speaking about yourself? No, oh, Sandra. No, that's the general. <laughs> I just go ahead. Um, ashamed. <coughs> do you, no do you hide some of your sexual behaviors from others? Oh, no. No, no. That's no. not Cameras. you, Sandra. Yeah, go. Treatment. Have you ever sought help for sexual behavior that you did not like? Uh, hurt others. Has anyone been hurt emotionally because of your sexual behavior? Out of control. Do you feel controlled by your sexual desires? And, and sad. When you have <laughs> sex, do you feel depressed afterwards? So depending on how a person would answer those questions, then... Um, I would recommend that they go to um, a website that they, where they could do, again, a self-administered uh, questionnaire that's going to plot them on a curve. And the cutoff is six. If somebody scores higher than six, then they would go to another test, which is uh, uh, an online, uh, online test. It's a, it takes about two hours to do. It, it, you know, but it has to be interpreted by the certified sex addiction therapist, and then you're going to know where that person stands. So, I I, I don't know what his, what your you know ex husband uh, ex husband's experience was, but that's my process, and that's how we are more sure. Um, other than just uh, you know just uh, basically a series of interviews. Disclaimer: I never want it to seem like that I'm making fun of these sex addiction sometimes <laughs> it's confused for just a woman in their 40s um but these things are serious right laura like the people have these these uh challenges and now, what sort of help is there for people that are <clears throat> suffering from sexual addiction well there's various uh, I'm, I, I'm sure there's various programs um but the uh the treatment for sex addiction basically a person should expect to be in treatment for anywhere from three to five years um it's a combination of individual um, work for the addict himself or herself. Um, it could also, it should also include individual for the spouse as well as couple work. Also, treatment groups and twelve-step programs. So it's a very, very intensive program. Is this something they're born with, or does it just uh, happen over time? Um, my my perspective is that it's. Um, basically how people avoid dealing with their emotion. 
just like alcoholics, uh, you know, go use So they might have a predisposition to it or? I guess we could say that. Okay. We'll be back. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. This is Laura Bellotta, and you're tuned in to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. In studio today, we have Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, David Fetter, a therapist who helps people recover from infidelity, and Carly, a victim of infidelity. So, David uh, and Carly, you're going to help with this as well. So many people carry baggage from from one relationship to the next. Um, What advice can you give people for leaving that baggage behind? Who wants to start? Go ahead, Carly. Okay, I'll start. Yeah. Because I know that you did that. Right. So I think that um, when something like that happens to you, you know, there's two people in a relationship, right? So I think it's important, uh, for me anyways, I had to check in with me. I had to figure out where, do, where, what, what did I, where, where, where do I stand in this dynamics, okay? And um, if I am going to forgive this person, and I make that choice to do that. <clears throat> how do I get past that? You know, how do I how do I forgive? How do I accept what's going on? So I had to go through that process of healing, of feeling the pain, um, allowing the tears to flow, um, allowing yourself to kind of ex- get a grip as this is real, okay? And then um, uh, forgive, M- make a decision, okay? So I kind of look at it like life happens. I can't change what happened. I can't change the person. The only person I'm in charge of is me. I'm in charge of me and where I go from here. And so I knew that if I stayed in the place of I'm not going to forgive you, I'm going to hate you, I'm going to disempower me. And so that that's that's a decision I made that that's not happening. You know, I, I'm not responsible for what you did. I'm responsible for how I deal with this. Good for you. That's yeah. a very emotionally involved response though, right, Dave? Like not everybody's like her. Like... There's no, death threats and. No, she should probably uh, write poster, about that. Yeah. And, and let people know. Poster girl. How, how, how Carly uh, did this. And uh, getting back to self love, right, Carly? And how did you do yes. that? So I think that's very you know, important as well. Investing back into yourself, um, doing the things that fill your reservoir back up, um, investing in you, taking time out to make sure that you're taking care of yourself uh, physically, emotionally, mentally. Like, just make sure that you're filling you back up. Okay, um, and um, and doing things that make you happy. make me happy, and loving on yourself because you do question initially, was I not worthy? Like, did something happen here? Yeah, of course. Right? Right. And not, so you have yeah. to get a grip. But that's nothing to do with me. That's a decision and the behavior that someone ma- made that has <clears throat> not nothing to do with me. It's not a reflection of me. Um, but you grow. You have to grow from this. You have to evolve. And I kind of look at it this way. You know, if you fall, you <clears throat> go outside and you fall in the mud. Um, I'm not just, you know, we're not just going to stay in the mud. We have to, we're going to get up and go mm-hmm. home and have a shower and move on. Right? So that analogy, as then <clears throat> teacher taught me once, um, not to, not when you can't stay stuck, when you get stuck, you've got to figure out a solution. How do you get past that and figure mm-hmm. out what works for you? How about people that are stuck in a situation? Let's say they're going through a divorce and they can't leave that situation. You know, they're still, they're in courts with the kids and this and that and that. And, and that X is just always there. And it's always a reminder. Mm. 
How about that situation, David? Can you help out with that? In terms of how to move away from it? Yes, like if that's this person, you know, I know because Carly, you moved away, so you were able to get away from the situation. But how about people that are stuck in the situation and they can't get away? You know, it's like the ex is always there. There's always that reminder. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, first of all, I want to I want to really compliment Carly on on mm-hmm. her journey. You know, it's uh, it's a real it's it's taking a a really difficult situation and turning it into a hero's journey. You know, and I, yeah, I, thank you. I think that that's outstanding. Um, and it's a really nice message for people to hear that there is life after an affair that, you know, we can get past this. We we don't have to stay in the victim position forever. Um, so, you know. Thank Fantastic. You. Thank you. Um, with regards to, you know, people to, who get stuck, I, I find that people who get stuck are really not able to to deal with their stuff. You know, they're not able to mm-hmm. deal look with internally, their... Look internally? Like well, look did. internally, you know, and they, you know, the anger is, mm-hmm. you know, really, a, it, it's kind of an inappropriate way to stay, you know, puffed up. Like when I think of a blowfish, you know, like, a, you know, get bigger <laughs> and, and whatever. And, you know, that, you know, there's this kind of false belief that that's going to keep keep our you know enemies away or keep us safe um i think we need to and the first part of recovering from an affair for example in in my practice is um looking at that pain grieving the losses you know grieving the loss of the marriage as we knew it grieving the loss of dreams and hopes that we were going to have and and dealing with all that stuff and getting to a place of acceptance dealing with your own feelings dealing with your own emotions a lot of negative toxic stuff that people walk around with for a very, very long time. They need to be able to get past that. When people are holding on to that, that's when they get stuck. Right, yeah. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, the need to be right and then be wrong can get you stuck. If you get to that place where I've got to make it wrong or I've got to kind of create an army to back me up on my position, you know, those things are not really helpful. I think that it's important. This is, this is what I'm dealing with. This is my situation. I don't, I can't control or change what has happened. The only thing I can control now is how do I get past where I'm at and what do I need to do to get there and what's getting in my way? What's stopping me from, you know, processing this and moving forward? And whatever that is, what do you need to get past it? You know, do you need a therapist? And a lot of the therapy that's offered now, you know, I, I, I dare say, I mean, uh, probably a lot of people would be mad at me for saying it, but a lot of people approach the recovery from infidelity and approach it from the perspective of victim-perpetrator position. And that model is really limiting mm-hmm. and it keeps people stuck. I, I, I look at it from the perspective of a dual perspective, and that is what it did for me and what it did to you, and, and help people look at it from that perspective. Carly, quickly, because we were talking about this analogy that the Zen master gave you. Uh, talk about that right now, quickly. Uh, well, you know, I think what he, what the takeaway that I took from the story that he gave me is that, you know, life happens, and it, things happen, it is what it is. When we get to a place where we can accept what is Mm -hmm. versus how we wanted it to be or what we thought it should be, and we just get to that place of being real with ourselves, you know, we're able to move forward. If, if, If you fall into the mud, like I said, you don't stay there. You've got to pick yourself up, brush yourself off, you know, and go have a shower, get clean again, and decide to move forward. More with our guests after the break. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640.
This is Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. We have Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, David Fetter, a certified sex addictions therapist and uh, infidelity therapist, and Carly, a victim of infidelity They're in our studio tonight. So I just want to answer a question. Someone emailed me, and I want to answer it here on air, and have David uh, help me with that, okay? Uh, We're not mentioning any names. I could use some advice, and I'm hoping you won't judge too harshly because I'm not single. I have a huge libido, but my wife doesn't, never has, and I don't want to limit myself any longer. If it wasn't for my teenage daughter, I would have left a long time ago. I am still attractive and athletic, so for someone in my situation, would you have a recommendation or two? A, have an affair. B, join a social sex site. C, join a sex club here in Toronto. D, pay for it. E, all of the above. Or F, none of the above get hypnotized (laughs) life is too short and i love miss that blissful state experience when enthralled whatever insights you could share would be appreciated david what do you have to say to this man uh well it's must be a lonely lonely place for him and uh, i would think you know it's a long time that he's been in in a relationship where he's feels that he's been you know sacrificing what he really has longed for. And that is the connection, I guess, with his a female. Um, you know, my, my feeling though is, um, my initial reaction is to say, I, I wonder what's been going on in the marriage and I wonder why mm-hmm. his wife has such a, a low libido. And I don't really think the answer is, uh, you know, go hire a prostitute or, or get hypnotized or God knows what. Like I think that what he, what I would recommend if he came to see me is that he should probably consider uh, speaking to his wife, letting him know, letting her know rather how unhappy he is, and uh, seeing if she would be willing to go to a sex therapist with him to determine what is really going on with her libido and uh, and that aspect of the relationship. If he needs to go elsewhere at the end of the day, um, you know, I think he needs to work that out with his wife or or leave her. I think that's a very good answer. So uh, that was a great show today, guys. I hope that today's show was able to shed some light for some listeners who may have been searching for some answers when it comes to infidelity and sex addiction. If you would like to seek more or some help to recover from infidelity or sex addiction, you can contact David Fetter by visiting his website, closeconnections.ca. That's close connections.ca. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. I will be continuing my book tour for my book, Single in the City. I will be at Donato Salon and Spa in Mississauga on Saturday, March 18th. Uh, my book is great if you are having some diff- uh, difficulty meeting the right person or you're new at dating again. Um, join my database at singleinthecity.ca for upcoming singles events and listen to past episodes on Talk Radio 640 website. Make sure to tune in next week. We have some more interesting topics coming your way. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm Laura Bellotta. Ciao for now.